When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times, back after the summer break. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at Sweden, which is holding a general election this weekend amidst an unprecedented surge in support for the far-right Sweden Democrats. Joining me on the line from Stockholm, the Swedish capital, is our correspondent there, Richard Milne, and here in the studio, Europe editor Ben Hall. Richard, first, we're a few days away from voting. What are the opinion polls looking like? The polls, in some ways, have been very consistent throughout. You've got a the sort of centre-left block, which governs at the moment, which is on more or less 40%. The centre-right block is on 40%. And in between or on the extreme, you've got the, the anti-immigration Sweden Democrats uh, on about 20%. So it, it's not clear who is, is which block is going to become the biggest. Um, it's not quite clear, you know, how big the Sweden Democrats are. But the broad outline of the result is clear. And, it, and it's pretty clear that the Sweden Democrats are going to be a, a, a big winner. So how big a development that is that in the history of modern Sweden? And give us a sense of the the kind of essence of the Sweden Democrats, because we often read, and I'm sure it's true, that they have their roots in neo-Nazism. How far are those roots still showing? So the Sweden Democrats were founded in the, in the 90s out of uh, a, a number of groups. Um, uh, some of them came from the neo-Nazi movement to keep Sweden Swedish uh, uh, was uh, and, and still is one of their slogans. And that is one reason why they're total anathema to to the rest of Sweden politically. Um, and I think that also hints at the, you know, how big a development this is, because uh, uh, in a way, what you're seeing in Sweden is just very similar story to what you're seeing in the rest of Europe. But I think Sweden always had this status as as rather different, you know, sort of self-styled humanitarian superpower very generous welfare state um and i think it it was felt to some extent it might be immune to some of the 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 sort of populism that you saw elsewhere um and that's clearly not been the case because the uh, sweden democrats first entered into parliament only in 2010 um last elections in 2014 they became the third largest party uh and in these elections they could finish anywhere first second or third depending on which poll you believe um but they're going to be much bigger um and it's going to be much harder for the political system to totally ignore them so ben i mean we heard there from richard that this is obviously fits into a general european pattern um in a sense could one almost argue that sweden's late to the populist party if you could put it that way because you've had uh, this you know populist already in government in in Italy, anti anti-migrant populist in government in Italy in Austria uh, the, the the main opposition in Germany 
Yes, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that's what makes it all the more remarkable uh, and uh, why it has such resonance in Europe and beyond, actually. Uh, as you say, many of the trends we're now seeing in, in Sweden, we've seen elsewhere the collapse of the centre, or not quite the collapse, but the erosion of the centre, the difficulties of social democracy, um, and now a, a, the identity politics. I think what's so striking about Sweden is Sweden, for so many people, is a model of good governance uh, or seems to be a model of good governance and successful policy and uh, an economy that's managed to sort of reinvent itself uh, and with it sustain a kind of generous social uh, welfare system. So it seems all the more shocking in a way to see uh, the rise of the far right in such a situation. Although it's also true, isn't it, that Sweden stood out along with Germany as probably the most generous country towards refugees and they have had a, a big inflow yeah absolutely uh they took in i think it was uh over 300,000 refugees and in, in the three or four years up to uh 2015 you know three and a half percent of the population huge numbers uh with a open door policy a bit like angela merkel's which they then subsequently had to slam shut um and i think Clearly, part of the rise of the Sweden Democrats is because of the per perceived failures of integrating these new immigrant newcomers, or at least uh, the difficulty of doing so in a, in a country like Sweden. Yeah, and, and Richard, give us a sense of some of those difficulties, because you've um, certainly the Sweden Democrats and indeed uh, nationalists as far away as the United States have made great play of the idea that there's kind of social turmoil in Sweden, particularly in big cities, associated with this wave of migration? I think Sweden is, if not unique, close to in the sense that it is a real battleground of ideas, um, possibly because of what Ben was talking about there being this symbol. Um, but the, the alt-right in, in the US and other countries has really adopted it. Um, and you see media outlets like Breitbart and the Daily Mail sending you know enormous amounts of resources on covering Sweden. Um, and what's been happening, I would argue, is probably Sweden has been going, uh, has been catching up in, in some ways with elsewhere. But what that has been there been the, the, a number of shootings uh arson attacks burnt out cars there've even been hand grenade attacks uh, in which several people have got killed um and and this is hugely shocking in sweden um and 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 has raised issues about w whether they're integrating uh, i mean i think what's also going on is that the sweden democrats were really the only party to be even slightly sceptical to immigration before 2015. And I think the rest of the political establishment is paying the price for really actually being quite naive ahead of 2015. The, the, the Prime Minister has admitted that Sweden was naive. Um, and, and, and so the Sweden Democrats have, you, you know, in a way of gain credibility by being able to say, look, we told you so. What's let's say uh, you know we return to the the polling figures you cited earlier. Sweden Democrats at twenty percent. Uh, the other parties, as I understand it, have said they're going to not do any business with them, keep them out of government at all costs. Is that going to be practical? And if even if it is, are they going to have to adjust to the kind of politics the Sweden Democrats represent in other ways? I mean, it's the $64 million question. Uh, to, to put it in some context, last time round in 2014, the Sweden Democrats got about 13%. Uh, they essentially 
very nearly uh, brought down the government. Uh, the government said they were going to announce new elections. Uh, they, it looked like Sweden was ungovernable. They managed to cobble together a compromise. That compromise has sort of fallen apart. Uh, it, 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 some parties on the centre-right would like to have not a cooperation with the Sweden Democrats, but uh, open to being sort of implicitly supported from Parliament by Sweden Democrats. What's different in Sweden to elsewhere is they have a, a negative uh, a system of negative parliamentarism. So it just means that a government has to um, avoid having a majority against it. So if you can get the Sweden Democrats to abstain uh, in return for promises maybe of slightly tougher policy, then that's a way out. Uh, it, the door also opens potentially to something a bit more groundbreaking in Sweden, which would be some kind of grand coalition. Um, that's what the ruling Social Democrats would clearly like to see. They'd like to pick off a couple of the smaller centre-right parties um, and have some kind of left-right government. And uh, Ben, I mean, returning to the, the broader European context, as we were saying, this is uh, Sweden's a medium-sized country. It's not a, a big European country, but it's being watched very closely, and it is part of a broader trend. Is there, do you think, any evidence of a um, kind of populist international, if you like, of these different groups making common cause? Well, there are certainly some people who imagine that a populist international is possible, like Steve Bannon, uh, uh, Donald Trump's former advisor, who has actually made it a sort of implicit aim to try and galvanise this populist nationalist uh, front uh, ahead of European elections next year. The thing is, there are many differences between these uh, populist parties, and in some uh, uh, some of them have already pledged not to work with others um, uh, and there are differences of view and differences of policy so I think it would be difficult to see how they could coalesce in a single group I think where they can coalesce though is in disrupting uh, the way the EU works and I think that's the biggest threat um, to uh, to Europe probably right now apart from Brexit that you can have people like uh, or, uh, Viktor Orban of Hungary who doesn't want to take in more, any more refugees for example from the rest of Europe and you have Matteo Salvini who desperately wants other European countries to take in more refugees they should be at odds with each other and yet somehow they're making kind of common cause to challenge central centralised sort of uh, uh, rule, if you like, by from from the EU, uh, and that is going to cause the EU problems. Because particularly on on issues like migration, they need unanimity essentially to to move forward. Yeah? Yes, essentially they do. Um, and also, what you're what you have is just a sort of growing mass of disruptive forces in the EU, which is going to make uh, governing the EU much much harder. Do we yet have a sense of what a ceiling for these populists are? Because, as Richard was suggesting, these uh, the Swedes are kind of um, later than others. We've seen the Danish People's Party, the True Finns uh, in Scandinavia. They're, they've almost become part of the political scenery. Uh, do you think that the same thing could happen with the Sweden Democrats? It's just that you will have, now have a kind of nationalist party, but it, they don't tend to go above 20%. I think there is a natural limit in modern democratic, still quite liberal Europe to the level of support for these parties, which is why you had many people last year in France who said the threat from uh, uh, Marine Le Pen's National Front was overblown, that there's a sort of natural limit to her support. She got to 34, didn't she, in the presidential? 
Uh, yes, and and then was never really going to get much beyond that. Uh, and of, obviously, in in the Nordic countries, they have different approaches to uh, embracing or, or or working with these countries. And and uh, in some places, there's a feeling that actually, if you Im- work with uh, the far right and bring them into power, then uh, that's actually the best way of taming their political support because you test their their kind of populist policies against reality. Yeah. And finally, Richard, coming back to you, but just give us before ahead of the vote, a sense of what, uh, if you like, the politically aware people in Sweden, what, what, what they feel about this moment. It seems to me like a really big moment in, in Swedish modern history. I think it's a, a, a huge moment um, uh, for many people. It feels like a country that has been very self-confident is suddenly unsure of itself um, uh, and some of its ideas, as I said, you know, self-proclaimed humanitarian superpower, suddenly wondering, you know, whether that that is the right approach. Um, and, and, and I think another issue is, though, that what most people agree is no matter what the outcome, um, whether it's a left-wing government or a right-wing government that results, it will be an incredibly weak government, um, just as this current government is seen as the weakest in decades. Um, And so a lot of people are actually rather worried about um, Sweden as other European countries facing these questions about what you do with an aging population, how you uh, adapt your welfare system to that, um, and the feeling that there's going to be a real lack of political will or ability to, to solve those kind of problems. Okay, well, so as you as you say, even Sweden, well-run Sweden, has has its big issues to face in the future. For the moment, though, thank you very much indeed to Richard Milne in Stockholm, to Ben Hall here in the studio in London. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye.